are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Have you ever met a happiness advocate? Neither had I until I met today's guest. And then I was reminded of the importance of living life with everyday joy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, always delighted to be your host. You know, the Bible tells us that joy is our strength, but not just any joy. And today's guest is prepared to tell us not only about that joy, but where she found such a joy. Let's welcome to coffee, Deidre, uh, Violet Dietrich, a happiness advocate, speaker, best-selling co-author, and the host of the Success Path Show on YouTube. She holds a professional executive master's coaching certificate and a bachelor's degree in education and life coaching from Liberty University. Let me tell you, this girl knows what she's talking about, from her education, no doubt, but I love it when my guests have also lived it, and that's where our story begins today as we welcome Violet to coffee. Hello, Violet. Come on in. It is such a a gift to have you today. Hi, Kim. I am so overjoyed to be here and just hearing your introduction just brings me overflowing joy of how God has completely transformed me and has helped me to learn how to live in more joy. Wow. And, you know, that's, that is the secret to life is finding that joy. And, you know, we've, we've just celebrated a holiday. We celebrated Easter, and I know people will be listening to this after this day. But no matter what holiday, what season, you know, we all suffer the statistics of living without joy are overwhelming. Uh, depression, 99.9% of people at some point in their life will live with some form. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, but some amount. We're all going to face sadness, disappointments. And, you know, I think that that's, that's really where your story begins because the joy that you found actually becomes, the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's kind of where your story began at the, at the age of, of eight years old, isn't it, Violet? Take us back to what happened to you at eight. Yes, well, even before that, uh, we were Catholic and I would go to church and I would feel God's presence and I just always needed God in my life and could feel God in my life when our priest would um, share Bible stories with us. But then at around eight years old, an evangelist came to Laredo, Texas, which was was a small town. Now it's booming and growing. (laughs) But back then it was a small town and an evangelist came down and he shared the gospel with us. And I said, I, I've got to have this. So I gave my heart to Christ at that time. Um, but my Christian life was not all mountaintops. It was very rocky, and it was a very challenging time. I had a lot of mountaintop times. I was Holy Spirit-filled. We were going evangelizing. I had the joy of the Lord at times, and I would try to share the the Christian life and try to gain souls for Christ, but then there were times where it was very, very, I was in, down in the valleys, and I didn't know how to get out. Well, and I think that right there is where, that, that is such, everything you said right there is so tremendous, and it, it, I know that people are leaning in from that right there, because 
from reading your paperwork and from knowing you, I, 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 I almost want to say I love this part. It's not that I love this part. I lean into this part. It says you gave your heart to Christ at around the age of eight, but then, but then you fought a long battle with severe depression, multiple suicide attempts. You know, so right there. Why is it, do you think, we feel like the moment that we accept Christ that we are no longer um, available for hurt and pain, that we sometimes think that we're exempt from hard times? You know, that is a lie that settles right in from the very beginning. Don't know why the Bible is so filled with John sixteen thirty three, for example. In this world you will have trials and tribulations, Jesus speaking to his followers. You know, you immediately had to begin fighting lies, your your bio says. So let's talk about after you became a Christian, some what were what were some of the triggers of your sadness? What what threw you into the depths of, of almost despair at times? Yeah, well for one thing I had a lot of health issues. Another main reason is that I was molested when I was around five or six years old. And that just, I made myself close off and build walls so that I wouldn't feel any pain. I wouldn't get hurt again. So that also prevented me from feeling the joy that God wanted me to feel, to feel that I was safe, to feel that I was loved by my parents and the enemy still tries to tempt me with this. He tries to get me isolated, and that's kind of where I was. I, I became um, socially anxious, anxious, and I remembered hanging around in the corner while everybody else had fun, and I, I didn't feel like if I fit in. Also, because I was a Christian, so when I was going to school, I, I didn't feel like I could fit in with them. And I didn't feel that I could fit in in church because I just had a lot of questions. And my my Sunday school teachers would get a little bit frustrated with me by all the questions that I asked. And I was just a very curious person. And there were some things in the Bible that I couldn't understand. And, you know, God is so great that, of course, we can't understand all of him. And um, But from the Bible, like you said, you know, it, God says that he came not to steal, kill, and destroy, but to give us the abundant life. And throughout my life, I didn't feel like the promises of God were that I was seeing them coming to manifest in my life. And so mm-hmm. I wondered, you know, I thought all this time I had the answer, but then I feel like I'm failing, so I must not have the answer and... God probably doesn't love me. God abandoned me. And all these other people are thriving in life, but for some reason, you know, I'm I'm not worth it. I'm all, and, and it was actually the enemy's lies that yeah. uh, I was believing because after um my last attempt, which was when my husband found me on our living room floor, I was gray, already cold to the touch, unconscious. And it wasn't for him hearing Holy Spirit because he was a soldier back then and soldiers work very long hours. So he would come home very late at night. He's actually on call basically 24-7. And, but this one time, Holy Spirit said, you know, get home at a decent time. You know, clock out when you're supposed to. And he came home and he found me just in time, you know, already unconscious. He rushed me to the ER, and they were able to save my life. And that was about a little over 10 years ago. And like you said, I had multiple suicide attempts prior to that. But by God's grace, you know, they brought me back to life. And I said, okay, God, what do I have to do now? Now that I tried my best to take my life, and so what do I do now? So God started revealing to me different things from the word of how he had me of how the enemy was telling me all these things that I was a burden to other people, that I couldn't make Christianity work, that God, you know, was mad at me, that the the other shoe was going to drop at any time, every time something amazing happened in my life. 
And that's one of the things that set me free is seeing God as a loving God who would never, ever be angry at me again. And he actually um, spoke to me, which was one of the things that um, really set me free. He said, Violet, no matter if you do things that I tell you or where you perform, whether you're doing this or that, or whether you don't do anything at all, I love you completely and unconditionally. And that's one of the things that set me free, that I couldn't fail in the eyes of God. He was rejoicing over me with gladness no matter what. Wow. You, you, you said so much right there, and I'm writing down uh, because I, I want to go back and dive into this. Uh, nowhere in your paperwork did I see where you had been molested. Um, that's a big deal, and that tells me right there what what you were at five? Did you say Violet five? Yeah, it was around five or six. Mm-hmm. Did anybody know? Did you? No, tell nobody knew. I I didn't just, tell anybody until I was around eighteen years old. That's a long time to suffer so silently. Mm-hmm. It, do you, thinking back, do you, have you thought about why you didn't say anything? I was scared. I, I was scared of what people would think of me. I was scared because one of the reasons that it happened was because I was trying to get some candy from my aunt's store. Um, and, you know, thank God that I was able to stand up to, uh, it was a family member that had done this and actually said, you know, why are you doing this? So he got mad at me. And since mm-hmm. then on, I've been scared that people would be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just wonder, you know, statistics are so high on um, on the abuse that, that you took. And, and it, is su- it is such um, a hurt that penetrates the heart, the soul, the mind, every, every part of you. And the enemy can just use it like he has with you. I mean, it, it is like his playground of hurt and pain, like you, like you haven't already suffered enough hurt and pain. So I first, you know, and I know that you've heard this, from probably so many people, but it breaks my heart to think that you suffered through that. And I just, gosh, I just hate so bad that, that, that you had to endure that. But I also know this, Violet, the courage that you have. I think I can't help but think of Jeremiah, of, uh, Genesis fifty twenty, where the Bible says, but you meant, G- Joseph, talking to his brothers, but you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, for the saving of many. And I think that by being able to talk about it, people are going to, hear this and I, I and I know statistically that there are so many people that are still living with this secret. And so Violet, what would you say to the people out there who are listening who are have yet to tell someone about their deep secret pain um that they endured by the hands of someone else in the form of some type of sexual abuse like this? What would you say to them, even if it happened you know, if it happened last week or if it happened years ago, what would be your word to them? Well, for one thing, God didn't cause it. God did not allow it. This was not God's ideal situation. This was not part of God's plan. But because sin came into the world, that's why this evil gets allowed. Um, And one of the important things is to, I wish that every parent would teach kids how to listen to Holy Spirit from a very, very young age. Because you can mm. teach them with the Word of God. You know, I, I used to win prizes for memorizing all these verses. And, and yes, you do get a lot of revelation from the black and white Word of God, but there's nothing like having that close relationship with God and Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit speaking to you throughout the day of what you should mm. do 
in every single situation with every single person. But regarding um, about sharing it with others is there's a freedom in sharing it with others. And now I I try to be very transparent and authentic and people try to tiptoe around these subjects and, well, okay. I held a summit for suicide prevention for Christians because Mm -hmm. I had heard um, even pastors deal with this, pastors' kids. You know, I grew up in the church. I was an elder's kid, and I can relate to that type of person that has been in the church, that has been trying to grow their relationship with God for most of their lives. And Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't make sense because the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we have, since we have Holy Spirit in us, inside of us is already joy. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and the enemy again, he he tries to make us forget. He tries to distract us. And mm-hmm. um, but regarding the suicide prevention summit, where I interviewed. Some amazing people like Tom Ziegler, Joyce Meyer's daughter. Her name is Sandra McCollum. Marilyn Hickey's daughter was there too. But um, I try to get some therapists in there. And what they told me, because I also had this concern about, what if I say suicide? And that puts suicide in people's minds. She said, no. When somebody is thinking about taking their lives or hurting themselves, bringing it up actually helps. It helps to talk about it. It helps to share. Of course, share with somebody that you can trust. Share with somebody that is going to keep it confidential if it needs to be confidential. But, of course, share with the Lord. Write about it. I had to um, work through a lot of forgiveness on my own, um, you know, to to forgive those people that hurt me um, because I was also raped when I was a teenager. And I think it's part of that same spirit that was coming after me, the spirit of lust or the spirit of uh, murder trying to hurt me. Um, but uh, so I had to deal with a lot of forgiveness, and it's important to be able to forgive to set you free. But mm. just, you know, what I, <laughs> it's funny because when I, I used to go to Toastmasters and share different speeches or, you know, now that I do Facebook Lives and share different things online, it's more of a therapy for me talking through those things and not only talking through those things but also making sure that you focus, you stand on God's word while you're talking through those things. And and one other verse that I wanted to share um, is that it says, in the word of God that let no one say when they are hurting or tempted that they're tempted by God and because God wants what is good for us so like it says in John 10 10 it's the enemy that comes to steal kill and destroy but guess what we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy and when we stand on God's promises for that That's when we can be secure, you know, underneath God's wings and protected from the troubles that are in this world. Yes, yes. And everything you said there, I mean, it is is the truth that sets us free. And so many times the enemy, just like he did with you, he clouds our thinking, he clouds our our good common sense sometimes because like you were saying – He'll try to isolate you. He'll make you feel like if you if you share or if you talk about it, you won't be accepted. There's this social anxiety that comes in. The enemy's playground, and it's just everything you get. You become so consumed, and that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be so consumed with everything that you can't see beyond the circle of pain. But what mm-hmm. you're sharing with us today, and what I want everyone to understand is. You know, God, that is, like you said, that is not of God. We must know God's Mm -hmm. voice and we must know what it is 
that he would say to us. He would never shame us. He would never condemn mm-hmm. us. He would never, never tell us to do life alone because we're not to do life alone. Uh, he, he tells us to, to find uh, uh, solace and comfort with, with him and with one another. And so for anyone who, that, that is listening, that, gosh, if you have such a, a hurt and a pain and you've never told anyone, I just encourage you to either, one, call the hotline, and we'll put those numbers up here where you can share that. But, but more importantly, I think that God will put someone in your path that and mm-hmm. probably already has that you could share this with. Maybe, maybe your pastor's wife, maybe your pastor, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe a friend at work. You know, there are people all around you that you, we must break the silence. We must, we must break the yeah. silence because once we break the silence, there's where we find freedom. The Bible tells us in Psalms 51, 6, surely you desire truth in the innermost parts. And Violet, through my Burdens to Blessings program, this is the one thing that we do is we, we go into the deep hurts. Women allow us into the deep hurts of those things that they've never shared with others, and it's there where they are released from, from the prison of, of shame and guilt and regret, and it's there where, um, you know, where healing begins. And so I think that you have just spoken to a lot of people today, and I just pray, uh, listeners, if you're one who you're like Violet and, and you lived with being molested or even raped, um, all these deep wounds and pains to really consider, like, it's not your fault. It wasn't your mm-hmm. fault. And I love, Violet, what you said there, that God says that no matter what you do, he loves you completely and unconditionally. And that goes to each of our listeners today to understand God's love. And, and he does not shame you. He sings over you. And, but he wants you to let someone know so that healing can begin. Wow, Violet. That's, uh, any, any other words on that before we move ahead? That is such a powerful thing, and I just know that people are hearing this, and I just pray that they'll find the courage like you did to, you know, to step out and, and share their pain with someone. Amen. And, Kim, what a blessing of a ministry that you have because I think that's one of the reasons that Christian leaders, pastors, pastors, kids um, struggle with this and sometimes what they need is that freedom to be have a safe space to be able to share this kind of stuff because when you're on the top it's like who do you share this with and they're afraid to lose their ministry and i mean their income is based on this and if they're having thoughts like this uh it's not necessarily you know that it's part of them sometimes you know we get thoughts that the enemy puts in our head and then he says oh, you're the one that's thinking these thoughts. And you have to remember, hey, I don't have to believe any of these thoughts that are coming to me. These are fiery darts, and they are not me. We have to remember who we are in Christ. Who, You know, in the Bible it says that as Jesus is, so are we. It doesn't say, oh, when we're in heaven, that's when we're going to be, you know, like Jesus, it says, as Jesus is right now, seated on the throne, as he is, so are we in this world. And we have to keep washing ourselves with the water of the world and seeing our identity in Christ. But then when those when those things come up, then to be able to have that safe place is just, it, it, it's incredible. Because what I say is that sometimes I have muck in my brain. And when I mm-hmm. when I get up and I'm in a funk or I'm in a negative mood, and then I start talking about things, and all this stuff starts coming out, and it's not me, and it's not making sense, and it doesn't it doesn't um, parallel with the Word of God. It doesn't. It's not agreeing with the Word of God. But then as I get those that muck out, that's when Holy Spirit starts revealing truth to me. And my mind starts being renewed. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now I feel like myself again. <laughs> right. Right. You start on that healing process of allowing your mind to, to not be controlled by self or the world, but by the word. And once we put that word in us, we know that 
The Bible tells us God's word is alive and active. Uh, it will mm-hmm. it will accomplish what it is sent to do. And then so mm-hmm. the word will actually go to work on our behalf. Gosh, you know what, uh, Violet, we're going to have to take yeah. a 30-second break. And I, I think that um, if there are any listeners out there who would like to call in and um, have a question for Violet or you have a comment, uh, I'm going to open up the lines just, just in case anybody's out there that would like to call in. What you do, caller, audience, you call one three four seven. Three two four five two four six. That's three four seven three two four five two four six. And you press one. Um, then our um, someone there will will meet you there. Our director will meet you in a virtual waiting room, and then she will alert me that you're on. And then I'll bring you on air for a question or a comment if you have something that you would like to ask Violet. There's just this is. Uh, such an incredible subject, and I believe that God truly, I know, I don't have to believe, I know God wants to heal his people. You know, we can't rise up, we can't do what God's called us to do until we first come to him and present ourselves to him. The Bible tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, rest there means reversal. Burden means and this is often my book, Burns the Blessings. This is all through what, what I, how I spend my time taking people through this, this uh, course. But burden right there, the burdens that you're facing, the hurts, the rapes, being molested, the addictions, the alcoholism, the disappointments, the, the, all the things that cause us to feel burdened in life, what God says there. He can reverse that burden actually means, in the Greek, a task in waiting. So, audience, what you're hearing right now is you're hearing a live, uh, minute-by-minute story of this lady named Violet who there was so much that, that came against her, that burned her, that should have stopped her, but yet she took it. She took her burdens to the Lord. She took what was hurting her. She took her secrets to him, and he was able to not only heal them and reverse that, but he was able to bring from that burden a task, which is now her voice of hope to you. And that's what he wants to do for each and every one of us. He wants us to not live burdened. He wants to bless us with healing, but he doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to continue that on by blessing others, by being a voice of his hope. Wow, I, Violet, this is what you have said and what you're living. You're living proof of what God can do and wants to do in each of our lives. So let me, I'm going to give our audience a 30-second break. Audience, I want you to just think about, think about your hurts. Think about your secret pains. Think about what's inside you. Think about how the words of of shame and guilt and regret, those are not from God. And just think, what do you want to do about it? Are you going to stay in that? Because if you do, you're literally believing what the enemy has said over what God is offering us today. God offers joy and abundance and peace, purpose. And he's not... He's not asking you to forget what you've been through. He wants to heal that so that you can rise up and use that in a way like you never thought possible. There's so much hope and there's so much potential. We're going to take a 30-second break, and then we're going to come back and finish this incredible show today. Be right back in 30 seconds. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. If you would like to know more about some of the things that we've been talking about today, especially the Burdens of Blessings Transformational Journey, I would love for you to know about that. 
You can go to our website at rosesandrainbows.org. Roses and Rainbows is another story of God's healing between my mom and myself. Or you can go to kimcrable.org. Each of those, either of those will take you to the same place. Please check that out. If you are dealing with a hurt and unresolved pain, please allow God's word to start its work within you today. Also on there, you'll see where we're doing a national tour, a uh, tour across America. Uh, I will be in Texas and California and Nantucket and all around as we take this uh, Friends of Faith tour across America to remind each and every one of us after COVID that our first and foremost calling after loving God is to love one another. And that, my friends, is the ministry of friendship. So there are lots of things going on. Some of my books you may, I would love for you to be a part of. Lots of things that we would love for you to join us with. Let's partner together as God's children and see what he wants to do in and through and among each and every one of us. Well, welcome back to Up To Me Radio and this incredible uh, story, this incredible testimony we're having today from Violet Dietrich. Violet has shared with us many of her pains. She accepted Christ at the age of uh, eight, but her story, her battles did not end there. She shared with us about being molested, about um, being raped, so many things. But yet you can hear from her voice the joy of the Lord. And so, Violet, I want to again welcome you and thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Happy to be here, especially right after Resurrection Day. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, you know what, Violet, you could have just gotten really stuck in the pain and the hurt, Um, and we know that you spent a lot of years, you've talked about the multiple times that you tried to commit suicide, Um, you talked about just not feeling like you fit in. Tell us the point. Was it that last suicidal attempt 10 years ago? Was that your turning point? Tell us the point. Get us to the place where you're you just knew that you were either going to change your life or you were just not going to live your life. Was there a moment like that? It wasn't, you know, a lot of people ask me that when I try to share my story, but there wasn't really like a boom at one time, Uh like, wow. I was completely, you know, night night and day, a a special moment, but – I was, like I said earlier, dealing with a lot of health issues, and I, it came to the point where I, it was really, really hard to function, um, but I had already survived, you know, my final attempt at, like, you know, I thought this was really going to work, and it didn't work. So, okay, um, I found a, well, actually, a friend led me to a naturopathic doctor, uh-huh. which gave me some hope, which that's one of the things that um, leads people, I believe, to something so drastic as wanting to take their life is when once you lose hope, that glimmer of hope. So somebody gave me a glimmer of hope, and it was a Christian naturopathic doctor that said they could help me with my health issues, and I basically had been living at the hospital trying to figure out what was wrong with me, but traditional medicine said, all the tests came back negative. You know, some people even looked at me crazy, like I was some kind of hypochondriac, and so more more lies that I was telling myself or more lies that I was accepting, you know, about, oh, yeah, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm just going to live with this pain my whole entire life. But then the naturopathic doctor understood me. He had mm. helped people that had the issues that I had. He put a name to the medical conditions that I had. And so um, it was adrenal fatigue stage two, which thank God hadn't gotten any worse. Otherwise, it would have, you know, have problems that I might not recover from. But with Jesus, of course, there's always hope. But um, right. So I was like, okay, well, there's this glimmer of hope, and we've tried and tried and tried, but, hey, I'm alive. Let's try again. And what do people do when they have cancer? Well, they try to stay positive. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, when when I was upset or in a negative state, oh, my goodness, like 
I was out for the whole day. It, it, it was like my body would tell me, no, you cannot get upset it is, because if you do, you're just going to drain the little bit of energy you have, and I would waste that whole day, and then I would be upset. Um, so, you know, I, I said, okay, I have this glimmer of hope. Let me try to be a positive person, just like people who have um, diseases that lead them to death. And so... I I started implementing these joy strategies, and then I started hearing the Word of God on TVN, you know, every single morning. And I came across this foreign man with a weird accent. His name is Joseph Prince. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was sharing things that I was like, what? I never hear this over the pulpit. Like, let, let me read this scripture. And I would take notes and I would listen to him morning and night. And I would, you know, I was hearing all these verses coming from from other preachers like Kenneth Copeland and um, Gregory Dickow. And I was like, wait a second. I, you know, we used to go to the church, you know, almost every day, twice on Sunday. And where were all these verses before where they were there? But God was revealing revealing things to me through his word. So faith started to rise up in me. I was like, yes, God, the promises of God are real and true, and I have to stand in them. Oh, my goodness, God, you're not against me. You're for me. Wow, you know, you love me unconditionally. And it was the gospel of grace that not only set me free but set my husband free. So like you were saying earlier, Kim, it was God that healed me emotionally, mentally, now physically. And Mm. it's just all praise be to him that even though it was kind of a bit of a process that I wish had just been like, boom, I'm totally different. (laughs) God, you know, and, and even now he's still revealing to me little things here and there. And I think it was last year. So it's been over 10 years that I had, you know, that major, major um, time where I really was going to take my life. And through all that, God has been teaching me to be more joy-filled. And I've had no more incidents. And then I think it was last year that I was sharing on cast or something. I was doing a speech. And out of my mouth came, I love my life. (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God, what a difference you've made in my life. Wow. Well, and that's and that's why you tell your stories, because I know you, and you want everyone to love their life. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they want, it's just like he came, and you, you quoted this once, once before, but it's so true. God Jesus came not only to give us life, but the life of abundance, overflowing. And I think that that mm-hmm. overflowing, you know, allows other people. It's overflowing, you know, out of us into into the other people around us. So let me ask you this. What you talk about joy strategies. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. What are some of your joy strategies? Woo-hoo. Yes, let's talk about joy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um well, um, a major, major one is, you know, of course, relying on God's word and basking in his love. So every time I'm having a hard day, I try to just look at the face of Jesus and envision the Father just enveloping me in his love. And actually a friend, what she likes to recommend to people is to get a blanket or a sheet Get some worship music on, wrap yourself in that blanket, and just soak. Soak in the love of God. And I try to sing, you know, songs that um, remind me that God loves me, God is for me, I'm safe. So that that's one thing, basking in his love. Mm-hmm. And another one love that. is uh-huh. gratitude. <laughs> yes. And before... I didn't realize how powerful gratitude was. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. Joyce Meyer used to say, you know, 
when you get up in the morning, you know, wake up with gratitude and just be grateful for this and that. And I was like, why am I going to be grateful? Like, I'm having horrible days here. But Mm. God told us, I have said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. So what I was doing is I was cursing my day at the beginning of the day instead Mm. of blessing it. And what scripture is that? Um, okay. I'm not sure. I would I have can, to look it up. Okay. I, I can look it up because that's a that's a good one. I don't know if it's in Deuteronomy. Um, I have that before you. Let me see if I can find that because that is really good. Deuteronomy um, thirty nineteen. Uh, yes, I have set before you life or death, blessing or curse. Choose life. That's uh, and that just that scripture just rang because I've used that so many times. That um, is um, audience. Friends, it's Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, that Violet just, you just, you just letting these scriptures roll off your tongue, and it's a beautiful thing, and so, but I wanted people to know that one. Okay, so basking in his presence, gratitude. Oh, my goodness, gratitude. Now, you know, before, I couldn't, well, I could be grateful, but I didn't realize how powerful it was to be grateful if I was feeling in a funk or if I felt like, oh, I was feeling the enemy's attacks or whatever. But now I'm grateful for everything. And it just switches your mind from, you know, unresourceful emotions is what I call them to just a more positive way. And it also says in the word of God, God, you know, is in the presence of when people rejoice, with him, and I'm not sure what that verse is either, but God abides in the praises of his people. And to come in his presence with thanksgiving, well, why does it say that in the word of God? Because when you're focusing on the problem, you make the problem bigger. When you're yeah. focusing on gratefulness and thankfulness to God, you see more and more of how God is bigger and how God has blessed you. And mm-hmm. I guess... I looked at it, Psalm 22, 3. God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22, 3. You're getting some, a good word out here. And that he comes, he draws, he's drawn into that. He inhabits, he is there, he is present in the praises of his people. I love that, um, Violet. So how many but, more ask, do I have time to share? <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. We have... No, we have we have about ten more minutes. So I, yeah, I want you to give as many as you can because this is really uh, good information. I want to ask you a question before you move away from the gratitude. Though. Have you? Do you uh, suggest? I've, I know many times I tell people to keep a gratitude journal. Do you journal? Do you write down? I'm sure you do. No, actually, I, I, a lot of people suggest that I do, but. Because I was stuck in performance before, Uh-oh. you know, and uh-huh. like over the pulpit, they would say, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's it's something that I have to reframe my mind around so that I can I find see. joy in journaling. So I'm not there yeah. yet. <laughs> well, uh, well, so and, you know, that's just, well, and, and, you know, and that's just a practice, you know, that some people do, some people don't. I just didn't know if, if that was something. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes on my calendars, I'll just write something I'm thankful for. If something happens, I don't know. It just, it seems to me that you remember yours well enough that you don't have to write them down. I'm at that point, Violet, where I have to write things down or I forget them. So so that's why I do it. But yeah, it's a however you can remember so that you can give him praise is, is huge. And that's what you're, that's the message for today for people to remember to praise him. So what else, what is another, I love these. What is another joy strategy of yours? Well, one thing that goes kind of along with gratitude is to celebrate your successes. So the other day I woke up and I'm in a program where I have a 30 day challenge to make money. And my husband, he made money, but I haven't made any. And then, I mean, he started with his attacks of how I was not worthy and I was no good and there's no way I'm going to reach my goals. And, you know, maybe I had my time and now I don't have it. So what happened is 
I remembered, and this is why in the Bible, I think the Israelites built altars to the Lord and they got mm. rocks and set rocks together and built a memorial to say, remember when God did this, remember when God did that. So revisit mm-hmm. all those times where God has moved powerfully, where God has not failed us, where God brought us through certain things. Like for me, I remember the summit that I did. How in the world was I? Did I get all these influential Christians together? It was through God helping me and remembering mm-hmm. where I was health-wise and how you know, wonderful I feel now, I feel alive. I couldn't be up at this time in the morning back then, but now, praise God, you know, and so just remembering all those good things that God has done in our lives and knowing that he can do it again. Yes, yes, many times over. For anyone who's listening, yes, absolutely. And from that, you know, I, I guess before we go to the next joy um, uh, strategy that you have, you know, I do have in my hands a book that you've written, Ready, Set, Go, uh, for anyone Woo-hoo. who's listening out there. Bob, take a minute and tell us about this book. Okay, so I wrote a chapter in this book. There's about 28 other authors that submitted chapters, including Brian Tracy, and about how to succeed. It's the world's leading entrepreneurs and professional revealing their top tips to set you up for success. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not, not everybody was a Christian that wrote in there, but uh, they gave me the freedom to put verses in there and share my story and say Jesus and God. So I'm like, yay, uh, because yes. he's the answer. You know, <laughs> he, um, yes. It is only through him. So uh, what I did was it's a synopsis of my story. I didn't mention the very serious topics because I didn't know how the audience would react with that. But I did share that I was in severe depression. And then in there I have a couple of my joy strategies. And while I was writing the book and researching the book, I found more joy strategies. So now I'm going to (laughs) write another book doing business in joy. And I have like 50 ways right now that I have written down of um, of how to live in joy. Because like I say in my book, Jesse Duplantis said this, I tried it that way, I didn't like it. <laughs> mm, I tried it lost. depressed, I tried it frustrated, I tried it doing it by, by myself, with my own strength, I didn't like it. But this life, <laughs> oh my gosh, so much more joy and freedom in it. Oh. Well, I will tell you what, and you can hear it. You can hear it through, you know, we as believers or and probably even the world, you know, we have a, a discernment. And I think that we can all tell when someone's struggling. We should be able to so that we can run to the rescue. We can, but even in, 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 in troubles and trials and um, tribulations and pains and you know there is a joy that permeates when you are a believer and there's something that causes us to go run to that and that is real and I think that that's what the audience and I know I am hearing from you today that in the midst of everything there's this joy and that you have found and, and what I love too uh, that you share that I want to get back to is that this has been a journey. It's not like I always say in Burdens of Blessings, there's no magic wand that Jesus uses that just, you know, says you're okay and you're okay. He allows it to go in steps. Like what you've done, it's been 10 years, and how he has allowed you to step-by-step discover this joy and walk in that joy. And, you know, that is a beautiful thing for everyone to see because it allows you to be a part of the healing process that God does, and it allows other people to be a part of that. And, it, and again, reinstitutes that principle that we, as believers, we need one another, don't we, Violet? We need to share our stories, and we need to come alongside one another and help one another and befriend one another. That's part of the healing process. Right. Yeah, and I'm a part of several Christian communities because we do need, um, you know, the body of Christ 
to strengthen yes. each other and to remind each other and encourage each other. For sure. Yes. Well, we have time probably for two more of uh, your joy uh, strategies. So give us one more. Well, I love to laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is oh. a huge one. Yes, go ahead. Yes. No, oh, no. No, I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, what happened recently, the pandemic and a lot of um, people lost family members and we lost family members to complications of COVID. Um, but through the whole pandemic, my husband and I, we felt like we were in Goshen. I don't know if your audience remembers the story of when there were plagues in Egypt and then, but in the Israelites camps, they were protected and they were living basically also you could say in the ark, you know, and mm-hmm. so my husband and I, we would walk every day and we would just enjoy nature. But one of the major things that just kept me in high spirits during that time was looking at at those little um, gifs and those little memes on the Internet. So yeah. I collected a whole bunch of those. And so... Actually, what I do every day, and this is something that the audience might want to implement, is I have a timer set every day around 3, 3.30, because that's where I, I would feel like my energy running low, and that's the time when I really thought I needed encouragement. I call it my joy alarm, and I put a funny <laughs> minion ringtone on it. You know, the minions in the yeah. sp- despicable me. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, what can snap me out of a funky state, you know, and remind me every day, hey, Violet, what have you done today that brings you joy? So applying some of those healthy happiness strategies or joy strategies that I have written down and to to laugh, to there's just something about laughing, laughing with my husband. You know, if one of us is um, irritable, you know, we try to make each other laugh, and then that diffuses this situation. And yeah. by by laughing through the pandemic, even though it sounds, you know, a little dishonoring, but it really helped my husband and I to live in this more joyful state. And we're not downplaying what happened, of course. But that's how we felt. We felt like we were in this, like, little bubble where God had us thriving and and totally different than whatever the world was experiencing. And, I, you know, and God God loves laughter. Uh, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Yes. You know, in, in the NIV, the merry heart, you know, it's it's the most organic form of medicine when you talk about you know going back to organic medicines you know laughter is the is the best medicine possible there's nothing like and I too I too uh Violet I just love to laugh I love to have those just gut-wrenching belly giggles you know where you just you can't quit laughing there's nothing uh like it and so and I love that you set your alarm oh that is such a audience now you know that's a good idea set your alarm because that (laughs) And I love especially that you do it during downtime because around 3, 3.30 is when we all kind of feel that, you know, it's like, oh, boy, um, mm-hmm. we have to get through that a little bit. So good for you. All right, we have time for one more. One more. One more. Well, I guess what comes to my mind is just reframing your mind, like well, like me with journaling. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I, like I said, I was – very ill and you know I couldn't function and God told me for a certain period of time to not do anything only to focus on taking my supplements just focus Mm -hmm. on my health focus on sleeping and resting and I would sit in my bed and speak in tongues for a while and go to sleep speak in tongues go to sleep and 
my husband, thank God for him. Praise the Lord for a wonderful husband who took care of me through that time and handle everything with the home and groceries. Okay, so I went through that time. I didn't have to do anything. And then once I got better, I said, let me go back to school. So now I had to do stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, this is not fun. You know, what? those what? negative thoughts starting again. And using my calendar. Oh, my goodness, I have to use a calendar, and this just hurts. <laughs> you know, my brain was saying pain, hurt, <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, then I yeah. noticed that, and I said, oh, my goodness, let me reframe these thoughts. No, my calendar is my friend. I made my calendar my friend. My friend helps me to remember. My friend helps me to be at appointments on time. I help, my friend helps me to get organized. My friend helps me to, <laughs> you know, avoid all these other problems and consequences in the future. So reframing things like that, like instead of saying something scary, say it's exciting. And guess yeah. what? Now I love my calendar. <laughs> and wow. now, you know, those scary things, you know, say it's fun. That, that's what I have yeah. on my phone on the screensaver, fun over fear. And when I make things mm. fun, it just it feels like it makes smooth waters from rocky waters. Fun over fear. Fun yeah. over fear. That's, I, wrote, that, I wrote that down. Well, I, Violet, I can't. I'm sitting here looking at my notes, and most of the time I try to take notes so I can kind of summarize the end of the program, and I will tell you, there's just, I can't find a way to adequately summarize everything that you've talked about today. Uh, from, you know, from, from the traumatic hurts that you felt to battling back to being able to break your silence, all the joy strategies that you've talked about, your, your, um, the way you, you set your alarms, all the many scriptures you've given, all I know is that you have really become such, um, you know, for someone who tried to take their life, you have literally allowed God to pick your life up and to use it in a way for others that is beyond anything that you will ever imagine. So good for you and good for God not giving up on you, which he never gives up on any of us. And so I just want to thank you so very much for being with us today, Violet. And I just pray blessings upon everything that you do, friend. Thank you so much, Kim. I really, really appreciate you having me and being able to share my story and also give glory to God. Oh, my goodness. Just even me listening to myself sharing just reminds me more and more of God's goodness and greatness, his supernatural omnipotence, and just, oh, I love God, and I love what you're doing. I love your ministry. So thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, Violet, if anyone could, would like to reach out to you, how would they do that? Well, my website is violetdtree.com. That's V-I-O-L-E-T, D as in dollar, E-T as in Tom, R-E.com. And that's where my website is, and they can contact me through there. And also, um, when I do speeches like this, I like to offer my chapter of the book for free. So if anybody either wants to reach out to me, I know I sent it um to to your people, Kim, but um, I could yeah. just, it, they say, if they heard me on Coffee with Kim, I'll be happy to provide my chapter to bring some oh, encouragement wonderful. and hope to people. Well, that is wonderful, and thank you so much, so much. And audience, listen, if you, if you have secret hurts, if there are pains, Go, go, go back to, I mean, what the, our, our commercial was today. Call 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-HOPE. Break the silence. You're worth it. God is singing over you. There's nothing that you can do that would cause him to love you any more or any less. His love is complete and it's unconditional for you. Words from our incredible guest today. His love is complete and it's unconditional. And the Bible proves that over and over with every scripture. He sees you. He sees your pain. And he wants to heal you and bring joy into your life just like he has with Deidre. 
If you do not feel comfortable talking to anyone else, please reach out to me at Kim Crable, Kim at KimCrable.org. We will help you get the resources or reach out to Violet at her at the website. All of this information will be posted. I want to thank you for joining us each week right here on Coffee with Kim. I do hope that each of our conversations truly do come into your life to encourage and equip you to be the incredible person God has called you to be. Thank you so much, and see you next week on Coffee. Bye, everybody. Bye, Violet. Bye-bye, To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org.